Welcome to Indisputable. It's Adrian Lawrence once again. I know I promised you Dr. Richie would be back, but unfortunately there have been power outages. So I'm bringing the power from the West Coast. And today I am joined by a gentleman you happen to know, Mr. Jackson White. Yes, Jackson. I'm here. Indisputable yes. got that good thing. I can't stop running back. I can't stop coming back. <laughs> uh -huh, same here, and I'm enjoying it. And it also seems to have a, a little bit of kind of a, let's say something very uh, annoying, which might be Marjorie Taylor Greene, who seems to be uh, very much leading a lot of our stories. Because guess what? She could not essentially just sit tight and be quiet past the holidays, not at all. On Sunday, Twitter said that it permanently banned the personal account of the Republican US Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Why? Because she had tweets that were repeatedly violating the social media's misinformation policy on COVID-19. And the tweet that essentially prompted the permanent ban, it included this according to CNN. So it was a misleading graph purporting to show deaths related to COVID-19 vaccines, which Greene claimed to have ignored according to a person familiar with Twitter's decision. Now, prior to being banned here, Green in a Twitter thread, well, what she did is she discussed life before COVID and after COVID. Green claimed that people are being forced into testing when there's nothing wrong with them. She neglected to note that the only reason someone would have to be tested if they weren't sick is that they haven't been vaccinated and want to do international travel or work as a healthcare staffer or for a large corporation mandating vaccines for those who don't have religious objections. And Green really, she has really been a trouble in the past when it came to her tweets and everybody kind of knows it. And what we do know is that definitely this isn't the first time for Twitter going ahead to suspending her account. It's just the first time they've done it permanently. Because previously what Twitter had done is issued a short term suspension for Green's account. Uh, and for tweets about COVID that it called misleading. At least two other Republican members of the House have received temporary suspensions on Twitter. And Green, of course, could not be quiet. So when she got banned this past weekend, well, she issued a statement by way of Telegram in which she explained that Twitter is an enemy to America and can't handle the truth. Adding that social media platforms can't stop the truth from being spread far and wide, big tech, can't stop the truth. Communist Democrats can't stop the truth. Yeah, it seems the truth is that Marjorie Taylor Greene just doesn't like to follow the rules. And I also find it very interesting that, you know, with all these people who say we should have free marketplaces and let businesses do as they should, all of a sudden, Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't want a business to actually enforce its rules and do as it should. But then again, hypocrisy kind of just seems to be the jam for these people. Jackson. Well, ironically, well, actually not ironically at this point, this actually will kind of give her a bit more strength with her base. And her being banned from Twitter will actually kind of give her a little bit more fodder and a little bit more ammunition to really gather people along with her side. And as we talked about last time, even though she doesn't have any committee assignments, she still is someone who garners so much of the cultural influence among the right. And we saw, you know, Trump hasn't been on Twitter for quite some time now. However, his popularity really has plateaued. It had it can't go below a certain base, and it's just in a certain area to where anytime he makes a statement on another platform, he really continues to show how much influence he has in the party. So, you know. Twitter has guidelines and protocol that it has to follow. You know, they can't let people, especially in higher offices of influence, say whatever they want. But this just goes to show, you know, her saying Twitter can't handle the truth. 
Well, now we live in a world where the truth is whatever you want it to be. And mm-hmm. so as that large portion of the right wing base continues to be very active in the political process, it'll continue to be uh, you know, something that's much deeper than just something to laugh at. Yeah, and you know what? One thing I definitely can tell you that I do continue to laugh at is just again the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying that she's being silenced. She has this incredibly huge platform. She is a member of Congress. She also <laughs> still has her professional accounts. So for her to even have the nerve to say she's being silenced, it just it, it belies the facts and belies reality. But then again, that's kind of seems to be really the go-to for these individuals who want to put out this propaganda and put out these lies to keep this anti-vax movement alive, and it's not helping anyone. (sighs) Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Essentially staying in Georgia though, there was a holiday heist like no other. There was a UPS big rig truck that was kidnapped with the driver, and it included much of his stolen packages this past Tuesday in Atlanta. Let's talk about what this attack looked like. The attack unfolded at about 3.30 a.m. Eastern when the UPS truck was stopped at a traffic light and a gunman got into the vehicle, police said. That assailant then forced the UPS employee to drive to a secluded area where the suspect along with others tied the victim up and stole cargo from the tractor trailer, according to Atlanta PD. It wasn't until the 18 wheeler was reported overdue that the company used GPS to track down the truck and found the driver uninjured inside the trailer and called law enforcement at around 9.15 AM. That's what the police statement continued saying. Also, investigators believe that less than a quarter of the packages from the truck were stolen, which is interesting. Again, less than a quarter, less than 25% of those packages from the truck were stolen. Kind of makes you wonder, was there something more sinister going on? As in, were they looking for a specific package? Because it's hard to believe if you're gonna steal a big rig that you didn't prepare to unload the cargo, but then again, hey, you never know. What we do know is that Atlanta Police Sergeant Jerry's Doherty said that the driver wisely complied with all the suspects demands. There's no amount of property out there worth possibly having your life taken. Yeah, no, that just, it doesn't necessarily even seem wise. It just seems commonsensical. The fact is I'm a UPS driver. I don't need to protect that cargo. It's not my personal stuff. There is no way in the world I'm gonna put my life on the line for someone's, I don't know, like Huggies diapers being delivered or something like that. So as far as I'm concerned, as a truck driver, sure, I'll pull over here, go ahead and take it. Do what you need to do. Jackson. Yeah, so uh, what was interesting about this is you don't really see this type of uh, sophistication in organized crime these days as much as you used to. Uh, just because of how much the power the Fed has. And as you know, RICO laws have changed, 97% conviction rate in the court system, technology that doesn't really allow people to sneak around. So it will be interesting to see who was really behind it. And it was, you know, you pointed out what maybe they were after something specifically and they didn't find it or they did find it and got away with it. So, you know, again, it's interesting from that perspective. And, you know, no one got hurt. So, these people obviously really knew what they were doing. You know, they weren't just petty street criminals uh, to really pull something this sophisticated off. So, it'd be I'd be interested to see just who it was in general and what they, you know, like who was behind it if they can figure it out. 
Yeah, seriously, because I couldn't imagine stealing a big rig. I couldn't even imagine driving a big rig. So I'd like to think that these people did have some planning in mind, but in the event that they didn't, I'm sure they are not necessarily savvy enough not to get caught and we should be hearing about that soon. But if there are police involved, what we can definitely tell you is that there is an officer up in Washington State who would be problematic if he were involved in this investigation. That's an assistant chief with the Washington State Police Department that has been suspended after flagrantly, excuse me, displaying a Nazi symbol on the job. Check out this officer. His name is Derek Kammerzell. There he is, his picture right up there. This officer displaying Nazi insignia. And the crazy part about this is essentially the lengths at which he went and everything that was involved here and the outcome. Now, what we know is that Kammerzell, a 27 year veteran of the department, was suspended by police chief Rafael Padilla for violating city policy prohibiting harassment discrimination and for unbecoming conduct in violation of police policy. Padilla took the action after Kammerzell posted the insignia attributed to a Nazi military rank, according to a July 14th, 2021 notice of discipline document issued by Padilla to Kammerzell. And we do know that after two separate external investigations that were conducted by law firms, Kammerzell was given a mere two week suspension. And you really gotta hear about this because before that, this man was on paid administrative leave. So during this entire investigation, which essentially found that, hey, he definitely was displaying these Nazi insignias, he was still being paid. It's just, it's a paid vacation. Now check out, check out, this is the insignia that he posted at his office, on his office door. Yeah, this is it. This is the symbol of Nazi SS general called SS Obergruppenführer, without question. No confusion whatsoever. This is a Nazi insignia for this general SS Obergruppenführer. Now the city hired an investigator from the Seattle based law firm of Stokes Lawrence, no relation to me, to do an investigation of Kammerzell and the allegation by an officer that he displayed a Nazi symbol on the name plate above his door. According to city documents during the course of the investigation, the city also asked the investigator to investigate allegations by a detective that Kammerzell asked him to Photoshop a personal photograph of a dog while on duty. And at the time showed the detective a photograph of himself with the Hitler mustache wearing lederhosen. And then referenced another photograph in which Kammerzell was with an elected official and raised his hand in the Hail Hitler salute. Now an officer also alleged that about 15 years ago, Kammerzell joked more than once that his grandfather died in the Holocaust after getting drunk and falling off a guard tower. That's something to be proud of, right? Kammerzell admitted to the investigator, according to city documents, that he placed what he described as a German rank insignia above the nameplate on his door. He recalled that years ago, someone in the department gave him the nickname German General due to his last name and German heritage. He said he embraced the nickname and the symbol on his door, it was up for about two weeks. Now, this symbol is also featured in a show that really imagines what the world would be like had the Nazis won in Germany in World War II. So do you think that Kammerzell knew of this show? Yeah, check this out. So Kammerzell told the investigator that a coworker encouraged him to watch the TV show, The Man in the High Castle. He said one of the main characters had the name Ubergruppenfuhrer, 
and that a coworker then gave him that nickname and other assistant chiefs began to call him that according to city documents. Camerzel said he Googled the name Obengrupperfer and a result displayed the symbol that he then printed and placed above his door according to city documents. He said the term meant senior group leader and that caught his attention because he is the head of the investigations division. He said the two diamonds in the image were similar to the two stars rank that he has on his uniform. Now this is really despite uh, despite his research, Kammerzell said that he had no idea that this symbol was related to Nazi paraphernalia. And his boss, Padilla, said, Okay, sounds good. Actually, I believed him. Jackson. Well, this is, you know, just the endless trend of people in high positions who know better pretending like they don't know anything and shouldn't be in those positions, in fact. You know, um, this obviously one was easily avoidable, but it's just completely and totally unnecessary to do things like this when you're in a position where you're supposed to maintain the public trust. And just the nature of what you do, your trust is always on thin ice at all times. And the times we live in double down on just, you know, your kind of general conscience that you shouldn't do things like that. But, you know, obviously he knew exactly what he was doing. And this is no different than banking CEOs who somehow magically don't know that their company stole like $100 million from everybody. Like, oh, I had no clue what was going on, even though I know everything that's happening in the company. So it's just another one of those play stupid when you get caught in, uh, you know, incidents. And, uh, you know, public pressure is what makes a difference. In, yeah, like and it definitely didn't seem uh, like there's been enough public pressure at all here. The fact that his boss Padilla just says, "Oh, I'm going to believe he's telling the truth." The fact that there is what evidence in the record that there's a picture of him dressed in lederhosen, uh, doing essentially Hitler salute, that mm -hmm. he brags about his grandfather being a Nazi, that he uh, essentially uplifts Nazi symbols, that he's watched shows knowing that the symbols associated with Nazis. And yet he puts it on his door and everybody's kind of like, oh, I'm sure he had no idea that this is a symbol of the Nazi regime. It's like, get out of here. How dumb do you want me to be? But I'm not stupid enough. The fact that you've given this person uh, essentially uh, a rank and position so that he is leading in the investigations division. Like this person can't be trusted. Are you kidding? I'm just, I'm, I'm mesmerized by virtue of the fact that his supervising officer, the head says, oh, I believe it. He really didn't know. It, it really definitely seems that that is kind of the white supremacy playbook to act like it doesn't exist or like you have no idea. Yeah, as long as it's on record that you don't know, that's all that matters historically to them. So, you know, the, to hell with what how everybody feels about it. Yeah, and apparently uh, the department feels just fine keeping him in his position after giving him what that uh, almost three week, some odd uh, vacation where he was on paid leave during this investigation. It's an absolute farce. And you know, those two law firms that were involved, I wonder what their outcome was in terms of what they concluded. But I'm sure it's probably um, attorney client privilege, so we'll never really figure that out. But I can tell you that in the event that they said, oh, well, he doesn't know, that is also on them as well. Because the fact is, you can't tell me that with all of this quote unquote circumstantial evidence, you're not going to be able to infer that this individual knew exactly what he was doing. And the fact that Camerzel is still on the streets and is supposed to be protecting and serving is extraordinarily problematic. So I really hope that police department up there in Washington state gets it together and essentially does what it can to eliminate all the Nazis it may have hiding in its ranks.
You know what, as um, Rage Against the Machine said, some of those that burn crosses also work forces. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. All right, well, we will be back in just a minute. Stick and stay. Welcome back to TYT's Indisputable. It is Adrian Lawrence. And a quick note, I definitely misquoted my band Rage, so forgive me. But I can also tell you that, hey, there's something really good coming up. It's in the new year, but also our fight for positive change doesn't stop. It doesn't happen overnight. It requires all of us in solidarity to work together to strive for a better future. So when you become a TYT member, you're an essential part of a change machine that holds those in power accountable to create a better world. So please join our movement by becoming a member at tyt.com slash change. You can be part of the change, you can make meaningful change, do it, you will not regret it. And let's hear what you all have to say out there in the streets first for the TYT members. We've got Mickey C the silver haired dragon. It doesn't matter if we like or dislike the rules on social media platforms. When we sign on, we agree to their terms of service and we break those rules. And if we break those rules, we're punished. Far too many in high places are permitted to break those rules repeatedly before they face consequences. We peons are punished for far less. So incredibly right, Mickey C. Like it's wild to see how many people are treated essentially completely and totally different than the powerful people on social media when it comes to all the opportunities they are given to essentially violate and breach the laws. As far as that Nazi symbol, the Colorado Blue Blazer regular said, hearing a boss or a judge, prosecutor, jury, the press saying they believe a copster is being honest when you have documented documentary proof to the contrary is just dumbfounding. Yep, couldn't agree more. It's wild how people are willingly essentially just feigning ignorance when we all know what the score is. According to YouTube Super Chat, we have $5. Trudy Lawrence on Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, ding dong, the witch is gone. Karen Taylor is of Twitter. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's not a bad way to start 2022. Mr. G Guns, the blind MC in the $5 saying, glad to see that somebody took initiative to get her off her rent box. I voted for you to be Turk of the Year, Adrian. Love what you do. Oh my God, that's so nice of you. Thank you. I super appreciate it. Bernie, the Kiwi Dragon with that five pound donation. Happy New Year, Adrian and Jackson. New and improved Twitter 2022. Now with even less twit. <laughs> yes, spot on. On Twitch, about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Phoenix. 32778 says Twitter gave everyone a New Year's gift, banning green. Yep. As far as the Nazi symbol goes, Pyralicia says, yep, two weeks unpaid will undo his racist bias. Seems reasonable. Exactly. Even though he did get paid, it seems. Sink L80 says, I think people need to stop giving benefit of the doubt to police officers, departments, systems as a whole. No more just saying, oh, I'm sure he didn't mean that. Couldn't agree more, ridiculous. And Pyralesia again says, I don't think he really understood man in the high tower if he thought that was a good symbol. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't really think he was watching it for that you know, cinematic value in any way as much as for the propaganda value. But hey, that's just my opinion. And there are Karens out there with all sorts of opinions. And let's go ahead and meet one now. Here you go. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? Back 
family. This is your mother and father. You know what, let's go ahead and give you a little bit of background here and talk about what led up to this confrontation. Uh, so what we do know is that it's unconfirmed what started the argument, but the text in the video says that rabid Karen was verbally harassing my mom and I at our hotel calling us Asian, Asian B words who should back to our country. It continued, then she assaulted me twice trying to take my phone. More text appeared in the video which read, she thinks having Asian kids gives her a free pass to harass and physically assault strangers, then play victim. The creator wrote that no one helped her mom or her amid the incident. This is just, it's completely and totally out of line, disgusting and unfortunate. The fact that this woman attacks these people out of nowhere, uses these racist comments and rhetoric, and then that nobody said anything. That just, I'd like to think that we're past the point where bystanders are just going to stand by while people are just full-fledged racist assaults in public, yet clearly it seems to be the case. Jackson. So, you know, first we have to point out the fact that this woman had a bottle, a glass of wine in her hand the entire time. In the so she was walking around in the mall or the shopping center, wherever it was, with a with a glass of wine, because she just couldn't go somewhere without that alcohol. So Obviously, she wasn't in her right state of mind to begin with. And then, of course, you know, if you have Asian children, that really doesn't help your argument or your position because you're still being, you know, derogatory towards Asians. So that what does that say about your relationship with your children? And then, of course, sitting down when someone of authority came, she acted like, oh, they're just, you know, they're just, I had no choice but to do what I did because I'm just drunk in the mall and they just won't leave me alone. So she just looks ridiculous all the way around and you know, she lucky she didn't get hurt for what she did. Yeah, without without a doubt. But the thing is, I'm unwilling to give her a pass because she has wine in her hand. I've had wine in my hand numerous times and I've never acted up like racist nonsense. You know, the fact is all it does is enhance who she is. That Sauvignon Blanc made her a Sauvignon bitch. And that's a problem <laughs> because it's not okay. You can't be out in these streets attacking people and making this racist comments and rhetoric and scaring people. Because I would be absolutely terrified if a woman just started hitting me and harassing me in a shopping center. I don't care what she has in her hands. But also, I can tell you, coming out of her mouth was utter nonsense. This thought that, oh, I have Asian children and thus I'm not racist or it's okay. Proximity. To race does not make one racism free. And as you noted, Jackson, if anything, it just almost says that you should have known even more 
about your behavior and the fact that you are not, you're not in a good position to speak of these things and also to treat other people this way. And she should have been handled. I really, my heart goes out to those women who were assaulted by this individual out there in public. And I'm really, really disappointed that no one stood up or said anything. Because at this point, it's like I have dealt with enough in my life that if I saw that go down, my God, it would be an answer to my prayers to get my anger and fury and rage out because I would have handled her. But we will go ahead and move on to somebody who needs help and doesn't get handled enough. That is Ron DeSantis. Now, his ignorance appears to really know no bounds here because despite the essentially insurgence of this Omicron virus, the Florida governor attended a well attended New Year's concert with his wife who happens to be high risk. You know what? Casey DeSantis seems to be suffering from and struggling with breast cancer right now. And she attended this event with him. And so in Florida, you can mark it down. We will not let anyone shut you down. And we are gonna make sure that our rights are respected. And that's what we've done. And that's what we'll continue to do. So I hope you all have a very, very good 2022. I think there's going to be a lot of good things on the horizon. And we're looking forward to being able to do a lot for the state. Looking forward for my wife to beat breast cancer, which is going to happen. And so thank you and keep fighting. You know, it just seems that there is an absence of common sense. Individuals putting their health and lives at risk to get out here and do this dog and pony show. I do not understand it. It is nonsense, but if it comes from anyone in particular, I am not shocked. It is Ron DeSantis. Jackson. So, you know, Ron DeSantis is someone who has a very long promising future ahead of him within the GOP and somebody that the Republican Party is has already and will continue to come to rely on to keep them afloat and to keep their voters uh, with someone to go to. And we saw the effects that you know happened with just Trump going and having that interview with Candace Owens to where he dare say that people should get the vaccine. And Ron DeSantis hasn't quite filled those shoes yet in terms of demanding that. He's against mandates, he's against anything that uh, the Democratic liberal left has put into position or that they support. And so, you know, we all have to keep in mind that Ron DeSantis and his wife and you know anyone who really supports his career, they don't care about COVID or the implications of being in a big crowd. And they have access to the best healthcare in the world, even if they do happen to get sick with anything. So in general, you know, him and his wife being up there, you know, I'm sure it was a decision that they made together because it made sense for his career and therefore it betters the both of their lives. So um, we're gonna keep seeing a lot of Ron DeSantis and a lot more things like this from him. Yeah, well, that to happen to hold until death do you part. I'm not trying to advance that whole death part because there's no way in hell I'd be putting my health and life and safety at risk just so you know my husband can get up on that stage and wave his hands a bit. And the interesting thing is that this little stunt by Ron DeSantis is coming off of him essentially being MIA for two weeks. It was a number of members of Congress were calling him out, including AOC, just saying, "Hey, where is he?" And then he said that he had been accompanying his wife to her cancer treatments. 
That was a recent report from Fox News on December 29th. So she is actively in treatment and for her to have experienced those treatments and then for him to bring her on stage just in the immediate wake of that, it just really, it signals to you that there is really a disconnect here when it comes to health and safety. But I definitely do wish KAC DeSantis all the best as she continues to fight cancer. I know they have three young children and regardless of politics or positions, I, I again, I wish her the best and hope that she does well. Jackson, any parting words? Yeah, you know, I think that especially you know on a human level, I hope that you know for their family's sake and their children's sake, they're able to do well. But you know, that being a side of their public influence, um, what Ron DeSantis brings to the table uh, can and will cause a lot of problems for this country. And so, you know, as we continue to move forward, I think that's the most important thing that we keep in mind, obviously. Absolutely, thank you so much, and we will be back shortly. Stick and stay. It is 2022 and TYT membership, it's something you need. So it's a new year, but our fight for positive change doesn't stop. It doesn't happen overnight. It requires all of us in solidarity to work together to strive for a better future. When you become a TYT member, you're an essential part of a change machine that holds those in power accountable to create a better world. So please definitely join our movement, recruit others, become a member at tyt.com slash change. Absolutely, and let's go ahead and hear what you all have to say out there. So on the TYT member row, we have on the comments on Karen, Mickey C, the silver haired dragon says, being drunk is no excuse. I've gotten angry and cursed people out, but never with racial slurs, booze loosens inhibitions. She wouldn't have spewed such hate unless it was already a part of her mindset. Yeah. Exactly, 150%. Valerie says her having Asian kids actually makes her even worse as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And on Ron DeSantis, Colorado Blue Blazer regular said, Jackson, Adrian, I appreciate you both saying the right things about death sentence and his wife. I have no positive words or thoughts for people who are willfully killing people for their political benefit. Mickey C the silver haired dragon says when he disappeared for two weeks, when his own governor official couldn't contact him, his excuse was that he was by his wife's side because she was suffering from cancer. Then he brings her immuno, his immunocompromised wife into a huge crowd where there are no does he want her to catch COVID so he can get sympathy? This was beyond stupid, it was dangerous, especially to her. Absolutely, the fact that she's immunocompromised also coming off of getting cancer treatment. Yeah, right, her immune system would be extraordinarily weakened. And then to put her on stage, yeah, uh-uh. And Shikata Ganai, Beer Dragon says, fear and hate will be the downfall of our country. This is not the country I swore an oath to defend. I completely understand. YouTube super chat Forbeszilla with the ten dollars says it is legal to walk around with open alcohol in the states. Here in Alaska, you can. Also, WTF is that defense? Like that's like me saying I can say the N word because my man is black. It is not a pass. No, it's not a pass at all. And yeah, there are a few places where you can walk around with open alcohol. I do not know necessarily if that woman was in that place, but somebody needed to put her in a place. On Twitch about the Karen. Pyra Alicia says, I'm pretty sure wine isn't meant to be to go in public. <laughs> Roses in August, you're beneath me. I will not address you. I am done with this. That's what she means. 
There you go. Phoenix 32778 says, girl, you got your wish. TikTok did its thing and now she is famous on TYT. Mm-hmm, she is indeed. Also, Pyrelli should said she needed a drunk tank and some court mandated AA rehab in addition to CPS looking in on her kids if they exist. Still gonna say racist, Still gonna say racist, but maybe she'll do less harm. Yeah, agreed. On Ron DeSantis. Octosquiddies says they sacrifice themselves to the altar of capitalism. Why wouldn't DeSantis let his wife endanger herself for his benefit? It's a good question. Ilk Keck says, why didn't she at least put on a mask? You would think that she would do that, especially if she's immunocompromised, but we didn't see it happening. But that doesn't mean that you can't take care of your immune system as well as your loved ones around you. Wear your mask, practice distance, do good, avoid COVID. All right, let's head over to Pittsburgh. That's where activists and family members are calling for justice in the fatal shooting of a black man during a camping trip. The victim's name is Peter Bernardo Spencer. Here he is, he's 29 years old. This man was found shot during a camping trip. And you're gonna have to hear about essentially all the details surrounding it. So Spencer was found dead with multiple gunshot wounds in the Western Pennsylvania town of Rockland Township in the early morning hours of December 12th. That's according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Police discovered his body in someone's front yard. Now this is what his fiance is saying on their GoFundMe page. She had says that he was invited on a camping trip by a friend on Saturday, December 11th in Venango County, Elmonton, Pennsylvania, forgive me for the mispronunciation. This invitation ultimately resulted in Peter being shot multiple times while in the presence of five white men. He was the only black individual at the campsite and is being portrayed as the aggressor. The Franklin State Trooper's Office will not give Peter's family nor myself any information regarding this incident, she continued. We have been turned away several times while trying to reach out for information regarding what happened. In doing so, I am forced to hire a criminal attorney to help investigate the matter and receive justice. Local station WTAE reports that initially a 25 year old white man was detained in connection with to the shooting of Spencer. Several guns were also retrieved from the location where the unnamed man was taken in by police. The authorities also revealed that there was some sort of gathering that involved alcohol and gunplay. And since the original detainment of the 25 year old white man, Three other people were brought in for questioning by troopers. They all were released by the DA pending additional evidence. Jackson, what does this say to you? So I think that this really points to the realities and the strength of cultural norms as well as public opinion and how that really, you know, the influence that has on resource allocation and just the judicial process as a whole. You know, this guy his murder hasn't been really seriously investigated because people in the litigation chambers don't care about it. You know, when people, we have to keep in mind with budgets, people make decisions on where that money goes. And a lot of the time, money goes towards areas that have the most public pressure. So, you know, the wealthy, you know, if something happened to someone wealthy's child or someone happened to them, they're most likely to get the attention because they probably fund campaigns of people in local offices or they probably, you know, are the executives at some company that has a big standing within a local community. And so, you know, obviously one black guy and he's an immigrant 
being in the presence of five white people and getting murdered the way that he did, that on his face looks terrible. But you know, in their minds, it's probably more important things for them to put their resources into. So that's why being involved in local politics is so important because it really impacts cases just like this. Um, and, and how we use those budgets and where those resources go. You know what, when I looked at this, I thought this seems somewhat to some extent like a public lynching. You have five white men, one black man, the black man turns up dead. And the fact is nobody's looking into it, nobody's giving it a sincere approach. You know, you what do questioning of one person and then kind of, well, let's see what else is happening here. The fact that you have this situation even playing out and individuals are not being held to account, someone is responsible for that man's death. Of these five white men who were there at that campsite, there is foul play going on. This isn't something that just naturally happens. You go camping, up, oh, somebody dies, that's you know a risk of camping. No, it's like, help me out here. Why isn't the DA doing more? And also this thought that this man, Peter, was the aggressor. It's like you have, what, five other men present? Unless Peter was armed and there doesn't seem to be any indication of that, then it would be nice to know why deadly force was necessary. What was going on? And I don't think we're getting the information that we deserve. And the fact that his fiance had to hire law enforcement or actually their own attorneys and criminal investigators, that just tells you that we have a problem. And let's go ahead and move on to our next story where we also have a problem and it does deal with race. There is a Karen who could not help herself and she came at a Korean American news anchor this past weekend with a wild voicemail. Here it is. Hi, um, this evening your Asian um, anchor uh, mentioned something about being Asian and Asian people eat dumplings on New Year's Day and uh, kind of take offense to that because what if one of your white anchors said, well, uh, white people eat this on uh, New Year's Day. Um, I don't think it was appropriate that she said that and she was being very Asian and I don't know, uh, she can keep her Korean um, to herself, all right? That's right. So essentially, this woman called in response to the news anchor Michelle Lee mentioning how it was traditional for Korean Americans to eat dumplings on New Year's Day. The woman was so offended by that, she left that very Asian voicemail to condemn this anchor in some way and also to compare this anchor making the comment about Korean people traditionally eating dumplings on New Year's Day and saying that, you know, if white people did that, they'd be fired in terms of making that announcement, it's like, get out of here. We are looking at two very different things, a Korean American person, Korean culture. That is something that is is more reflection of ethnicity, of traditions and values. White, come on now, like no. If you wanna talk about maybe what the Irish do, or maybe what the British do, or what maybe different groups do, that would be something that would be more ethnic. But come on, the fact that you're just upset 
by virtue of this woman speaking of her ethnicity and her culture and the beautiful things that are done to celebrate the new year. It just says that this Karen couldn't let Michelle Lee just be her and do what she wanted to do in terms of speaking up and her Asianness was so damn offensive. Jackson. Yeah, you know, you pointed out the one of the biggest things I, I thought of is it's like, what do you mean a white person would get fired if they were Irish or there was a Dutch tradition or there was some type of British tradition, Scottish tradition? White people in the media talk about that all the time and it's just fine because again, it's cultural ethnic traditions and nobody has a problem with that. But also, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, whether it's Michelle or anybody else in media who isn't, you know, plaid white and boring, you know, you just gotta do your thing. You know, if people don't like it, they just gotta deal with it. You don't like how I look, you don't like how I speak, you don't like what I stand for, ain't nothing you can do about it. You can keep on saying my name and making me more popular because at the end of the day, I ain't hurting nobody. Yep. So, you know, that's kind of just one of those things that that, that it is with this. But, you know, it, it, she probably, let's, you know, didn't like Michelle because she's a real pretty successful woman. And, you know, she's proud of herself and she likes mm -hmm. who she is. And maybe that struck a nerve of some kind. Yeah, but, I'm sure you know. it is. Yeah, because <laughs> as Karens oftentimes don't want to see a woman of color, uh, you know, in love with themselves and bold and just doing their thing. And yeah. the good thing is, as you mentioned, Jackson, is the fact that, yeah, People supported Lee in this way in terms of when this voicemail, when she put this out here, a lot of people supported her broadcast and after with this racist voicemail sparking a hashtag of very Asian across social media. And this has really encouraged people of Asian descent to speak about their experiences and their heritage and to show their pride. And that's a really beautiful thing. And the cool thing also is that Michelle wrote this piece for her news station explaining essentially where she's coming from and how she's feeling. In it, she said, even though very Asian is having a moment on social media, I do want to say I don't begrudge someone for having an opinion, albeit one I think is racist, bigoted and wrong. On the dumpling issue alone, all cultures seem to have a dumpling. Anyone ever had pierogi or pomini? And who doesn't like those? Also, what she said turned out to be a gift. I have loved seeing so many people share their family pictures and stories on social media. There is more good than bad, absolutely. That is a beautiful thing. The fact is that when these Karens continue to come, when they make these racist statements, when they condemn our very existence, we're gonna come back in a beautiful way and we are gonna amplify it. We will be in your face and we will let you know that we are not going away anytime soon. So you might as well sit down and preferably shut up. Rudy Giuliani. He recently went at Fox News because he can't be on Fox News. Simply put, former Trump lawyer, well, he's offended because the propaganda network will not let him on anymore. They're not going to play with him. Watch this video. I made a lot of money on that channel from Fox, but they would not have been on in New York if it wasn't for me having the courage to put them on against tremendous criticism. So they forget their friends pretty damn fast, I must tell you. <laughs> but the thing I resent most is they won't tell me why. I'm not, I'm not being told why I'm not being allowed on. I'd like to know what it is that I said that they regard as not being true. We, we take the same position with regard to Dominion. We're in the same lawsuit. I know they seem very frightened of George Soros because I've seen other people get interrupted and basically get t taken off because of George Soros. 
But it leaves me completely in a quandary to know why they're playing, you know, the kind of the fascist game that I'm used to with CNN. And I, mean, I don't even consider them news sources any longer. They're well, basically organs of the Democrat Party. Uh, Giuliani using that typical George Soros fear mongering to try to explain Fox News's reasoning. When at the end of the day, we really actually know what the reasoning is. And I could have told Giuliani this, it's all legal. As he had noted, they're in that Dominion lawsuit. And hey, the lawsuit's about pushing propaganda and doing it in such a way that it's defamatory. So what we know is that in fact, Fox News reportedly stopped having Giuliani on because his false statements about Dominion voting systems were leaving them liable to defamation lawsuits. Giuliani then speculated that financier George Soros was a reason he is no longer welcome on Fox. And we definitely know that it is not the case because believe it or not, Soros does not control everything in any form or fashion, but lawyers often do. And when your lawyer says, do not have this person on your show because you're exposing us to greater liability for a lawsuit that we do not know if we can win. And we know that the request in terms of the remedy is in the billions. It would seem that it'd be wise just not to have Giuliani Giuliani on because really what value does he add Jackson Yeah well Giuliani he's been in very high places for far too long to not understand that this is business and to not understand how cutthroat politics and business really is especially at that high of a level you know and it also really shows how much power that he and people in this place have to where he's taking this personally that he's taking it personally at all. You know, he said, Well, they won't even tell me why. I mean, if you'd even say that, says how unnecessarily close these people are to each other and the damage that that really has. Because at the end of the day, much of the decisions that are made in this country are made among a very small group of people who are too close to one another. So, you know, that's a really interesting component of this that, that I think. But, you know, at the end of the day, Nobody wants him on TV anymore because he's not just a liability, but he makes everyone look stupid because he's out of his mind. Yeah, you know what? And you have to think about it. The fact is that who really kind of brought him up in prominence recently in terms of would get him on air? It was Trump. And by virtue of the fact that he was representing Trump. But that doesn't seem to be the case anymore in terms of having Trump on in the news cycle or leading his many legal issues. You know what? I think Giuliani had his law license suspended in some form or fashion. So what's it going to say? Like former attorney Rudy Giuliani, what value is he going to add to these news networks and to this conversation, especially when you have that legal liability hanging? By virtue of the fact that business is business. Giuliani is way too costly and way too risky to have on, especially when you are in the middle of what could be a very high profile and very, very expensive lawsuit. Jackson, any closing words? Yeah, you know, it's not like he's some young, hot new face that people just can't get enough of. People have been looking at Rudy Giuliani since long before I was born. I came around in 1992 and he was doing his thing long before that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just his time has come and gone. And that's yep, just that's what right. it is. That's just yeah. what it is. People have been looking at him for way too long and <laughs> they've been looking at him sideways for quite some time. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining us today, Jackson. Can you tell the people where they can find you and find more about you? Yes, you can watch me on Rebel HQ on Young Turks YouTube channel. I do political commentary Monday through Friday on there. And uh, yeah, just check me out on there. It's been great being here and it's been great doing this show with you 
two times in such a short amount. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to it again. Absolutely. I've had a blast. It has been great. Uh, you happen to be the guest on what is now the 100th episode of oh, Indisputable. So look at that. that's, that's a hell of a special. thing. That's Absolutely. special. I'm going to brag about that. You should. You should. And I will catch you more on Rebel HQ. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, Jackson. Thanks for joining us for this 100th episode of Indisputable. And hopefully tomorrow, Dr. Richie will have uh, you know, actual power and be able to come back. The concept of the Young Turks means the audience, they are the Young Turks. They are the go-getters. They are the ones making the emphatic change happen in their local community. The reality is that we've always, young and the not so young, we've always cared about news. But when you do not see the messengers of the news look like you, when they do not share your experiences, exposures, and environment, and there's a disconnect between you and the news, I lecture in mass communications. One thing I tell all of my students, there is no such thing as non-biased news. It never has been. Non-biased news has always been an illusion. Let's go back to the 60s and 70s, where people would say that was the purity of non-biased news. News has a segment. That segment has a time. That time, you must do your story and be finished. That means the producer, the writer, the orator, has to take out what they don't think is important and only leave in what they believe is important. They have a limited time to tell the story. They do not have time to tell everybody's version or everybody's side. And they get to choose the facts that they bring to you as well as the nuance, which really is a word for opinion, that they bring to you, the context they bring to you. So we've always had a level of bias in news. Here's the issue. The issue is, to not deceive individuals as if you don't have some level of opinion with your news commentary. And that's what TYT has never done. They've always been authentic in their approach to progressive ideology and their news analysis and political breakdown. And I think that's how you actually win the heart and soul of individuals who are consuming information from you because now they see themselves in you.